When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina. Andy Brown Bernard. Chris Lindahl. You don't get you don't even get mentioned. <laughs> and Bree McGee. Bree McGee, photojournalist. <laughs> is that what your title is? Are you a photojournalist? <laughs> Of creative, manager of creative. Everybody I know now has a title, except I don't. I don't have one either. Why well, do actually my my new title according to uh, NPR is bastard? That's my new title. They're not big fans of mine over there at Welfare Radio. So, but anyway, <laughs> I just thought I'd stir the pot. We'll be right back. Chris Lindahl's here. We'll be schmoozing about uh, changes in the in the business. What's coming up in the business? What's hot? What is not? We're going to be talking about a number of things right up to this Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, 
BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota. Go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. They come into town this weekend. Well, next Saturday, right? Yeah, they're coming to town this Saturday. We've got a lot of. I mean, this kind of kicks off the whole season. We got everybody coming this year. It's true. Chris Lindahl with us, Lind, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's talk real estate. How do people reach out to you, by the way? Well, it's tricky. <laughs> well, no, I just mean your company, not you specifically. No, I was actually kidding. Uh, you just pull over on the side of the road and you look up at the billboard and you dial 763-401-SOLD. 401-SOLD, that's exactly it. This all started uh, right after Christmas. We, the family, go up to Duluth at Christmas time once in a while. This year we did and we went up because there's this huge light. Bentleyville. Well, yeah, Bentleyville. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's a beautiful place, by the way. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. So we were up there the entire weekend, and we're coming home on Sunday. And start. I start seeing billboard after billboard after billboard with the, this guy sticking his arms out to the side. I'm going, who is that? What is that all about? And was it in mostly in the northern suburbs, or was it everywhere? It, it was everywhere. It, it, it was, was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There, we have billboards throughout the metro area. And you always did? Uh, for, I mean, when you started We the started campaign. doing the billboards over two years ago. Two Really? Yeah. Yep. God, it's amazing. But, but it's like one of those things, right? You get a new vehicle, and then you notice everyone drives the same vehicle. Once you see it, you sort of can't get it out of yeah, your I mind. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that is very true. Yeah. And yeah, once you see it. because But I did see a lot of them on the way down. We, on 35W, or 35, actually. 30, I was just trying to give you a big hug. That's what it was. He's giving me a big <laughs> hug in that whole situation. So the weird thing about it is, is the timing of it all. So I had never met Chris, and I looked and I said, I got to find out who this guy is. So I get back to the to the station. I don't go into the station, but I get back in communication with the station. And Tracy Call, an old friend of mine, I've known her for a long, long time, uh, and your name was mentioned to me. And I said, Is that the guy who's on all the billboards? And they said, Yeah. I said. By coincidence, yesterday is the first time I saw one of the billboards. Because I literally drive, we were just talking about this, as a matter of fact, in the second hour. I drive about two to 3,000 miles a year. That's it. I don't drive much. I just, you know, we live right down the road mm-hmm. from here and that whole deal. But the other coincidence was, so it just hap- so happened that Chris, um, Tra- well, Tracy was talking to me about Chris advertising on the KQ Morning Show. And if I would be the spokesperson for uh, Chris. And I said, well, you know, I'll have to meet him. And so you came over to my house. Matter of fact, six hours at, later. Six, yeah, you were at my house for like six hours. It was unbelievable. We were schmoozing about this, that, and the other thing. Because, uh, you know, uh, and I don't know, people, some people, 99% of people believe it, but I don't endorse products unless I know about them. I get to know the people, and I, I just won't endorse something I don't know anything about. I don't think it's a good idea mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm to do endorsements of products you don't know anything about. And then, I don't know if this was a coincidence or not, my wife, after you were that at our house, my wife said, yeah, we should definitely sell our house. Or is it when I, I think, 
It might have been before you came to our house. When I started talking about you were going to come over and you were going to start doing advertising and blah, blah, blah. Uh, she said, we should sell our house. And I said, well, I don't want to sell our house. She goes, well, we are going to sell our house. And I said, well, I guess I have no... Yeah, you're selling the house. <laughs> I guess I'm selling the house. I guess I have no... Uh... But it, the house is way too big for two people to live in. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I guess we're going to sell the house. I guess. I don't, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so is Minnesota... Now, Minnesota is one of the wealthiest states in the nation. People don't realize that per capita that Minnesota is one of the wealthiest states. It's it's dropping a little bit because you know a lot of people move into the state and all the rest of it. But housing here, I mean, it's not like San Francisco. San Francisco is no. psychotically expensive. Yeah, yeah, right? out of control. And amazing. I'm, I'm sure it is in Los Angeles as well and all the rest of it. But um, where does Minnesota stand as far as real estate is concerned and, and value? average price, all those things. Where does Minnesota stand? Yeah, so we're, you know, the interesting thing about the Midwest, we're like a really, we're a little more neutral. So like, you know, when, when foreclosures hit and things like that, obviously like the San Francisco's and some of those areas got yeah. hit a lot harder oh, yeah. by, by the foreclosure crisis. And we stayed a, a little bit more neutral. And, and Minneapolis, like you said, is it's becoming a really strong market. I mean, the, the, mm. the job growth and, and right. everything that they've committed to in the metro area is creating. I mean, we've noticed such an uptick in relocations coming to the Twin Cities really? from the way it used to be. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting a lot stronger. A lot and, of jobs here. A lot of high paying jobs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, the, so the 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 market's really strong. But but the challenge is, and, and you've seen this, and I think this is a a big issue for a lot of people is right now you would sell your house and you, and you know that it's it's a bit more of a seller's market. You're you probably seeing our marketing and what we do, and you could probably you'll, you think you get more money with us. The issue is you don't know where to go. You yeah, can't find a yeah. house. That is the biggest problem, right? It's like seller phobia. You could sell your house, but you don't know where to go. And especially in the Twin Cities, being in such a strong market, yeah. there's no supply. There's no inventory. That's what I understand. That there's very little inventory in the what price range? Uh, you know, anything under five hundred thousand, it, it's okay, very limited. Then you get under. 250 200,000 there's, there's it's bleak you know in, in Minneapolis right now there's under 20 active listings in the entire city under 200,000 20 20 that's amazing yeah you 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 know you think about the 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 new construction development in North Minneapolis starts at 299 now new construction really? North Minneapolis 299 and they're almost completely sold out and then, with yeah, the exception of that, that. You, there's there is nothing in the twos. Home afford. I mean, the biggest challenge right now is home affordability is gone. I mean, they're just yeah. Well, they, explain that to me. Home affordability is gone. What do you mean by it, that? Yeah. So if you look at like wages and you look at it, at you know the average wage today hasn't increased with the value of homes and the cost of living. Mm, okay. So so the challenge is is you have. You have all the, this housing that is now appreciated to 300, 350, 400, 500, but the wages haven't kept up with that increase. And then you look at the new construction and you've got materials and labor and land are right. all increasing. So you've yes. got everything that's going up. And, and that's, the, that's the biggest issue is a lot of people are being priced out of the market for purchase. And then you've got rentals that are also rising at the same time. So you've got, you've got appreciation and you've got right. rental rates going up significantly and it's i mean even over by by your place i mean people are spending 2500 to 3000 dollars a month for a one bedroom apartment with with great amenities 
Right over by the West End. It is just absolutely unbelievable. The, the whole thing, amazing. I should mention, by the way, in 2008 when the housing market crashed, uh, we, we've been going down to the uh, West Palm Beach area for quite some time for vacations and all the rest of it and bought a home down there. And then, of course, uh, 2008 came along, and the hardest hit area code, or not area code, but zip code, was 33411, right where we owned our house. We ended up selling our house for literally about 70% of its value yeah. because there were so many things on. Like, they're pretty much down there. They're, they're the people who live in the, as you say, I don't even think those houses are 200000 Are they, Andy, over there in Sapodilla and all that? They're not even like $200,000, are they? I don't know. In, in any case, those, you know, there's that area. And then everything else is pretty much a vacation home. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of is. Mm-hmm. And the vacation home market, did, did it take a massive hit nationwide? Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, you know, when you think of vacation homes locally, you think of cabins. Which yeah, in other areas, yeah, right, you don't absolutely. have the cabins. The cabin market, I mean, you look at... You know, the big Sandies and the Cross Lake and all right. those, they took a huge hit. Oh, they, they still haven't fully recovered. Yeah, and, I would imagine that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, that's a, and that's no different than the, the Floridas and the, you know, and the right. Arizonas and the other areas where those are second homes. People's second homes here are cabins, and, which is fascinating. You go to other places in the, in the country, and cabins is not really a thing. No, it's not really at fascinating. all. It's fascinating, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Cabins are not a thing like they are up in Wisconsin. No. Uh, Minnesota particularly. Those, those two states particularly. I guess the U.P., Love yeah, a little bit, up, uh, but you get yeah. anywhere south, or cabins aren't even no. aren't even a thing. No, <laughs> maybe it's because no the weather's always nice there. <laughs> yeah, they don't need a cabin. Right. I don't. I don't need to go to, off to a cabin. I got my own spot. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much true. Um, so okay, so we got uh, as far as well, let's say five hundred down. There's not a whole lot of uh, stuff available. Mm-hmm. And then when you go from what what what's the next category? Is it five hundred yeah. to one five or something? Yeah, somewhere in that range. I mean, in the Twin Cities, I mean, there's there there aren't a whole lot of houses. Once you get over one five two million, I mean, you've got you know West Metro and some pockets in the city, but yeah. you know you get some of the you know the southern or northern counties. It's tough to touch a million. There there just yeah, isn't a lot of houses see, in yeah. those range. Right. Um, you've got some out on the rivers and the lakes and 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 things, but with the exception of that, there's. Under a million is is the majority of the market in the Twin Cities. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and and Absolutely. one of the things that that has changed, and, and you've probably seen this a lot, is a lot of the baby boomers are staying in their house for significantly longer after yep. their kids move out, and so now they have this three, four, five thousand square foot house. Yeah. They don't. They use you know maybe two rooms of the house, but they That's either where don't. We are, yeah, yeah, they either don't know where where they're going to go next. Or they or they have it paid off, or they don't, you know, or the mortgage the mortgage mm-hmm. is almost paid off, and yeah. it doesn't make sense to move. And so what happens is they stay for a lot longer. The other the other issue is there's a really big shortage of one level townhomes and and properties. Really? Yes, a really big shortage because so, of the price range. Because yeah, so yeah, because because you know if you go to you know you go to sell your house, and you say you know what I'm done with the stairs. I want one level townhome, or I want a Rambler. There's a there's a mm. really big shortage of, of properties like that because you think of how big the baby boomer population is. Yeah. Think about the need for that right now, and there's just not enough development going on. Well, tell them to get some exercise so they can walk <laughs> up a flight of stairs. For I mean, come on. Well, that's what a lot of people have chosen to do, right? They're, so they're staying yeah. in their house a lot longer, and those houses aren't coming on the market. And and that's a that's another big challenge right now is is the 
the the way that people are staying in their houses for a lot longer. The mm-hmm. other thing is is care is is you know I mean assisted living and right. it's it's through right. the roof. And so you're also oh, it is, really? yeah yeah it's re- it's really really expensive. So you're also seeing a lot of a lot more multi generational things happen, mm-hmm. like either retrofitting the bigger house that they currently had, and now they're going to add a loft area yeah. or a separate door for kid grandkid. Or a lot of the the national new construction builders are now, they now have floor plans where it's almost like you have a separate living area for, you know, for the kids or the grandkids to come take care of uh, the parents. That's very, very common right now. Do you think the high end, the luxury homes, I I don't know, five million or more or whatever that number is, do you think those are eventually going to go away? it's It's a good question. I think... You you think about like how you grew up and with the size of your house when you grew up, yeah. And and, and same with me. Like I mean, I'm I'm from Fridley and, and you know we had a fourteen hundred square foot house, yeah, for five yeah. of us, and yeah. and we made it work. And now I drive around and my friends have three, four, five, six thousand square feet house I houses, know. and none of the rooms are used. <laughs> and they don't use the rooms. That's very true. So I mean, are we learning something from that? I think we are. I think we are. And I think that uh, you, you also have. You know the people that can afford those three, four, five million dollar houses are mm-hmm. a lot of them are are doing different things. Second homes down south, especially locally, right. with the winters being right. you know as tough as they've been. You know they're now looking at like should we get another place? Should we invest in different experiences? And so there's mm-hmm. been a bit of a shift in, in how much money you're willing to tie up in real estate for your primary residence. Yeah, and there are other things. Uh, something that I, that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, the the uh, new tax laws that come into effect for 2018. Now it's not as cut and dried as everybody thinks it is. Mm-hmm. They the salt taxes, state and local taxes, they're called salt. Um, the cap on that now is ten thousand dollars. That's right. Now there didn't used to be any cap on. That's that, right. There's there no cap before. There's no cap before at all. Yep. Uh, so basically, what what President Trump and this is not a political statement, but what what he was doing, from what I understand. Is trying to punish all the people who didn't vote for him. <laughs> you know, in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, places like that. Uh, we were just talking the other day. California's top tax rate is 13.3%. And you can't write off any of it no. on your federal taxes. No, anymore. none of it. No, the that, other thing that changed, too, is, you know, we went from a million to, to seven fifty too on the... Oh, it's uh, seven fifty. Because I I, somebody told me it was six fifty. Seven fifty. Seven. Seven fifty. And, and and obviously for the interest. You know, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah. obviously the listeners listen now, like seek a you know a licensed tax professional to get the exact details. Yeah, of, absolutely. Uh, but but yeah, those are those are big changes um, that that a lot of people have been having conversations about. We haven't seen a significant market shift because of those changes yet, and I think it might be too no. early to see what the impact's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I could see it because there still are going to people. Well, first of all, people who can afford those kind of houses have different lives anyway because there's this 20% pass-through as far as business income is concerned and all that. So you're kind of going to break even that's, with that anyway. That's right. That's so, right. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back in two minutes more with Chris Lindahl right after this Tom Bernard Show.
I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855 554 2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. We're talking to Chris Lindahl about real estate, where it stands. Uh, before we move on to uh, another subject, I want to ask you one last thing about so houses... Um, you were talking about houses, three, four, five million dollars. Is there a cutoff where these new salt, uh, uh, allevi- just alleviating salt uh, write-offs on your federal taxes? But I suppose people who can afford to buy a four, five, six million dollar house, they're not going to care that much about it anyway, no, are they? That, that's right. I mean, that that is the that is the biggest argument, right? Some of these changes that right. we've we're talking about, if you can afford to spend millions of dollars. Are you right. not going to buy that house because of those differences? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a situation where, because I think you can write off 10000 So, let's say you're, although I did have a friend, I won't identify him, but I did have a friend. Uh, well, actually, it was a friend of mine's father. His property taxes, because he owned 15 acres on uh, Lake Minnetonka, his taxes were $360,000 a year. Now, explain this to me. <laughs> So he did he could he write that whole three hundred sixty thousand dollars off in his federal taxes before? I don't know his financial situation, right? right? right. Like there's businesses and there's so many different things in. That's a hard, that's a hard one to answer without yeah, knowing suppose. someone's yeah, I suppose full true. situation. But but that uh, that's a significant tax bill. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if if he couldn't write that off in his Fed nowadays, like holy God, yeah, you just going took to ten thousand, yeah, from three hundred sixty thousand to ten thousand, and, and there's there's other factors too, like how it was zoned, right? So yeah, that's so there's true. there's zoning. It could have been agriculture. It that's could have been true. commercial. There's there's some different variables there that could change the way that that was yeah, that's structured. Very true. Okay, now one of the biggest issues of the day, and this, uh, well, Chris brought it up to me during the break. Uh, one of the biggest problems we have right now. Uh, our college loans that young people getting out of college these days, people that are 23 to 33 years old, whatever it is, 
they just don't have the money to buy a house because their college, their student loans are so huge. What'd you say, fifteen hundred a month? Yeah, I mean we we've seen we've seen all the way up to three four thousand a month in student On loan college, payments. Student loan payments. Student loan payments. Three to four thousand a month. A month. Yeah, because if you go after undergrad, then you have you know maybe someone went back for the MBA, their right. their doctorate or, right. or whatever it may be. I mean it it just the numbers don't. The numbers don't work to to actually live in either a rental or purchase a house when you have student loan payments that high. You have to live at home. You have to live with your parents. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad get stuck with you until you're 50 or they're <laughs> right, dead or something. Right. What can we do about that? Now, look, free college is not the answer because somebody's got to pay for it. That's right. Right. Uh, so, there, you know, Bernie Sanders talking about free tuition and all the rest of it. Well, that's nice, but who's going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But what is the answer? Yeah, this the student loan one is a, it's a tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I went to college and I paid for for everything myself, you know. Right. And uh, it, it's it's not easy to to pay for. I had uh, you know some loans when I left and and cleared them up as fast as I could. Right. But you know, even I look back. I graduated from Mankato with an education degree, and I look back to the cost then. The cost then did not seem as substantial as it does today. Right. I mean, I look at like the University of Minnesota and I don't know the exact number it is today, but it's it's significantly more expensive than it was when I went to uh, to Mankato. And, and I think one of the issues that we have is we have banks and, and we have programs that we're just, we're willing to lend all this money to, I would argue, certain uh, students that aren't fiscally responsible to even know what kind of debt they're actually right. getting into. So what do we, why do we do it, things it, like that? There needs to, I think there needs to be a better education process around, like, you do have to pay this back someday. This yeah. isn't just a, this, this isn't a exactly credit card. Right. This isn't a credit card that you right. can just walk away from. And you know what the, the, that's the, that's the sad thing about it is that you, you get done and you go, boy, in the next 30 years or 20 years, I, I'm stuck with these payments and I don't know where I'm going to oh, live. Is man. it? And, and, the, and here's the, the big debate from, you know, that's changed is there's a lot of conversation around, is education worth it? And that's become a really big debate for a that's lot of a industries. Huge, yeah. Well, I, again, I, the, these politicians keep telling everybody they have to have a college education, and it is not true. You do not, you don't have to have a college education to get a good job. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of really, really good jobs out there where you don't need any college education. That's right. And you I know, know I know school, a lot of things like that. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of really successful people that never went to college. I never finished high school. <laughs> well, I know one person generation. that didn't finish high school that's successful, and that's Tom Bernard. <laughs> that's it. Melina, what, uh, what's the average uh, tuition uh, per year at the U now? Well, Is so there for an undergrad, just, uh, just for classes, it was 6300 a semester. That's just for that's yeah, not for that's, housing. Nope. That's not for food. So room and board will tack on another six, and you have to have the meal plan, then you have your books. All right, and so then, uh, are you talking thirty grand a year? Uh, if you're out of state, yes. Um, 30 grand a year to go yeah. to college. Yeah. Wow. Because I do believe back in the day when my friends went off to college, it was about 900 a year. Yeah. Wow. It was. It was that. Why is it so expensive? Now? Well, it's crazy because people will take out student loans not just to cover education. They'll cover, you know, your bar bill because everybody goes out on the weekend, the apartments. <laughs> I mean, there's so yeah, many. Let's not do that. Well, there's so many factors. Like, if you go to the U now, I graduated uh, like three years ago. And in those three years, there's so many complex luxuries, luxury apartments and stuff that, you know, you just do not need that people think they need. Yeah. I understand and they tack it saying. on to their student loans. 
They I'm, tack that all on their student yeah, loan. Yeah, I mean, you, you go anywhere, go to University Avenue in Dickytown or Stadium Village, and they have apartments that you cannot believe are meant for college students. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I it's know. It's crazy. That, that I do know. What's the, uh, what's the percentage of interest on those loans? Oh, my, just from Discover Student Loans, my interest is double digits. Double digits? Oh, no. Didn't we have federal and state plans to finance college education at about 2% or something? I, uh, I wish. That's what it used to be. <laughs> what happened? When did, so college just became a big business. That's what college yeah, is. Th- that's right. And it, that, that, so, so just to tie that into real estate, that yeah. is the biggest crisis that we have. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Double digits is what, I mean, we're offering home loans at you know, three, you know, low 4% interest, right, right. but double digits on student loans. That's insane. Yeah. How that ever happened? How did, who let, when did that happen? Uh, I don't know, because when I entered undergrad, that was, that was the going rate, and I, I, have, I had to do it. And uh, that was what? That was 10 years ago? Uh, coming up, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, 10 years ago. Yep. It was already double digits 10 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Well, it had to be during either the Bush administration or the Obama administration where those interest rates skyrocketed. Andy, will you look that up, please? And see when college college tuition uh, or college loan rates skyrocketed, because they used to be two three percent. Wow, they were absolutely they were. But you can see how you can end up with fifteen hundred to four thousand oh, dollars a month easily. at double digit rates. Easily, if he spent, you're talking about spending thirty G's a year for four years. Uh, when are you? When's the last time you want to look at? Well, look looked like fifteen years ago. Look at look at uh, two thousand. Uh, let's say 13 years ago, 2005. It looks like they started going way up right in 2004. 2004 was the last... Well, I mean, they dipped pretty low from 2002 to 2005. Okay, and that, that was what rate? What was the rate then? Um, let's see. 2000 went down to 4, then 3.5, then 3.4, then back up to 5.3. And it's been 6.8 ever since. Yeah, and so there's different. And the other thing too is there's different. Lo- there's different student loans, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. So you right. have your. Yeah, there's fixed rate. There's fixed rate subsidized. There's variable rate. So you know. And there's like, is it? Is there Staffords or something? Is there different? There's different loans. I don't remember the names. Yeah, of them. exactly. Um, yeah, but the last time there. there was only one kind of loan was 2005 to six, and that's that was at 5.3. Well, there was only one kind of, loan, and that was at 5.3. Mm-hmm. So but, that's I mean, still a little high. In the 90s, uh, it was up to 8, so, yeah. So basically... So when, it, it's a crapshoot, really. So when Clinton was president, they were 8. Uh, well, then, let's see. Up to 2000. Yeah, so, so that's, when, that's mm-hmm. when he was president. Uh, before then. So why is it that all these people who are now talking about uh, free college during their administration's when the highest tax rates are, hmm. or not, excuse me, not tax rates, but interest rates on student loans. I don't understand the very same people who talk about free college charge the most money. I don't get that at all. <laughs> we have a caller. Yeah, we have uh, Wendy. Wendy, what are you up to, no. sister? Um, you know, working hard, not hardly working. Um, yeah, but uh, you're talking about student loans. Well, we've been, my daughter, is, our daughter is going to be a senior this fall. In college, and what we have found is when we fill out the FAFSA 
And whether you think you have to or not, go ahead and do it. You never know what you might get. Um, but we, there's two different kinds of, of student loan opportunities that we get. There's one that they're both a fixed rate, but one of them starts accruing interest after you graduate. And the uh, other right, one starts accruing right. interest when you take it out. And, it's, and they're both low single digits. I mean, one is lower than the other. But, you know, she lives on campus, so with the food and the housing, we just, we made a deal with her. We said, all right, we're going to kind of go halvesy, so to speak. Um, whatever is not covered by those two student loans, because we're not taking out one of those bizarre third ones, right. um, you pay that when you get out of college. And she said, I have no problem with that. I said, you can live with us for a couple of years, and she's already got a plan to live with us and put like three quarters of the money she gets from whatever job she gets into paying off her student loans and then save up enough for like half a town home and then put down half and move into a town home I mean, she, and she's not interested in the she says you know all that stuff you know would be fun to have she goes but you have to look at how much it's going to cost right exactly so basically it's just what chris was talking about is it exactly. Your daughter already has a plan to move back in with you rather than buy her own house until her student loans are completely cleared. Yep, and then she's going to say, you know, and then she's going to save up and she's buying her own. And also, she has the benefit where she's going for a degree that it's a degree in computer programming. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, all the research indicates that that should lead her to a pretty decent job. Where right. you have other people getting jobs, like, you know, degrees in like underwater basket weaving and some, you know, <laughs> exactly. weird Russian literature, and it's like right. that's great. I mean, education is great, but political science. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, at the cost <laughs> these degrees are, you really have to. You really have to think. I mean, what money are you putting in, and what money are you going to get back from it? Because college is an investment. Yeah, I really like that. I'm really happy you called when Chris was here because it's exactly what he was talking about, that instead of people getting out of college now at 23, 24 years old, you know, some get out at 22, but buying their first house at 23, 24, 25 years old, it's going to be more like 30 years old now, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because we know some, I know someone, I heard this girl talking about she didn't know what she was going to do because she just graduated from college and she has $105,000 in student loan debt. I almost passed right 105 like, grand in student loan debt. Mm. Private school. Yeah. If oh, I had known, that's common. If I had known back then what I knew today, I would have never gone to college. I would have just gone right to trade school. Well, and I went Let's to go college. to trade school now. I went to college, but where uh, I worked, they had a tuition reimbursement program, and I never took, you know, I used however much money would cover however many courses for the year. Right. That's how much, yeah. you know, that limit I use, and it took 10 years to get a four-year degree, but you know what? I got it, and I have absolutely no student loans. Yeah, yeah but then people great. get they spend eighty thousand dollars for a useless degree just because they feel like college is something you have to do. Yeah, because and it's that's not. what they're told. Yeah, I mean, learn yeah. a trade for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, and hint to anybody looking at college right now: the cheaper way to go. There's no shame in going your first two years at a community college. No, that's right. Just, just it's cheaper, and just make sure that when you're looking at a community college, make sure you look at the college that you're thinking about transferring to to make sure those tr yeah. credits will transfer. If they do, you're going to save yourself tons of money. 
I still love the fact that people refer to Normandale as UCLA, the university closest to Lindale Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. They've come a long way since then. They're not, uh, like Chris Rock said, a disco with looks. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that deal at all. No. So, so your daughter will move back home with you. How old is she now? Uh, she will be 21 this summer. 21, and she graduates when? Mm, uh, not next May, but... She graduates in a year and a half. So she'll be almost like 23. Some, yeah, she'll be like 22 and a half. 22 and a half, and, and she plans to live with, and you, your plans for her to live with you and her plans to live with you will be how many how many years afterward? If it were up to me, she'd live with us forever. Well, but. I know that. That's just a given. You know, you got to have but the kids. Un- until she gets her loans paid out, or, you know, we're going to. That's amazing. Like, after she gets out, we're going to look at all her financial aid stuff, what's out there, what's to pay. And I told her she can live with us as long as she wants. And my husband's like, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just figure out a payment plan with whatever job she gets to put X amount of money in every month until she gets it paid off. And, yep. Yep. and that'll give her a good credit rating, too. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Wendy, thank you. You bet. You have a good one, dear. You too. We'll be Bye. back in a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost of Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, May 21st, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I lost over 40 pounds at Nutramost of Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that our weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, The Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutramost of Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost of Plymouth dinner on May 21st. Space is limited. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or call 763-401-SOUL. Chris Lindahl in studio. Uh, I still can't believe $105,000 in college tuition after you get out of college and you're paying what percentage on that? 6.8 for a fixed non-whatever loan. Okay, so that's good. So you're right. That's about four grand a month. Yeah, and then you end up, you know, then what happens is you end up at home just exactly like she had said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. 
Dr. Paul Wand with us. How are you, Dr. Wand? All right. How are you? Just fine. Well, I actually, doctor, I'll tell you the truth. I'm great right now, but after looking at uh, what we're going to talk about here, I might not feel so good about myself, but uh, I've had a few concussions in my life, and I cannot uh, remember things as well as I used to. Dr. Wanda, I will tell you, I had a friend who played in the NFL for 14 years, and uh, I I don't want to use his name, so I'll just make a name up. Um, Let's say the guy's name is William, but everybody calls him Bill. He forgets how to spell the name Bill once in a while. His mm. own name. That's pretty bad. A very, wow. very simple task, like remembering how to spell the shortened version of your own name. It would be like me, not I, Thomas is my name, but I can't remember how to spell Tom. He said that happens to him once in a while. Mm. Uh, I have had three concussions in my life, one when I was about six years old, what they used to call the monkey bars at the uh, yep. at the uh, park where I played as a kid. It wasn't in the richest neighborhood, Dr. Wand. <laughs> so under the monkey bars was an asphalt uh, flooring. Mm-hmm. It was not mm-hmm. sand. It was not dirt. I fell, landed on my back, and then slammed my head into it. Second time, um, I was a, a power lifter when I was younger and uh, thought I was a, you know, I was pretty mouthy and got knocked out by a bouncer <laughs> once. He sucker punched me and knocked me out. So, uh, that was he a different. He rang your bell. He rang my he bell, Doctor Wand. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Wand, he rang my bell. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> Former quarterback Brett Favre is finally opening up about. Now, is this accurate? The thousands of concussions he's likely had. Thousands? thousands? I don't know about thousands. Well, I mean, I can't uh, speak to the exact number, but it's you know, it's many, many concussions that nobody really, you know, ever kept track of. But remember, the modern definition of a concussion, uh, you neither have to hit your head nor lose consciousness, which was required in the old days for the definition. Uh, the modern definition of a concussion is a transient interruption of ongoing brain activity. Okay. Okay. So, and that's based upon, you know, modern understanding of what goes on in the brain, and it's a huge problem because they're unavoidable in many instances, whether it's intentional or not, and it's a huge problem because um, the diagnosis is not always obvious. Yeah. If a person... Even if the person has symptoms and they go and they get the regular scan um, and it's a negative scan but the person has symptoms, that does not help. And what I have developed over the years, and I've been doing this for over 20 years, is uh, using more sensitive diagnostic testing to show the injury. So I use a special type of brainwave test called computerized or quantitative that's the, the, the most sensitive test. Then I use another imaging test that you hear nothing about called the SPEC scan, which is the same technology that doctors use when they, a person goes for a stress test for the heart. Mm-hmm. They call it a thallium stress test. Well, the technique of the thallium scan is the nuclear medicine scan, and it shows the blood flow, and it shows the blood flow of small blood vessels so the spec scan of the brain shows us small blood flow, small blood vessels 
baseball feather, and that is the hallmark injury, which is really not well known because the imaging um, um, world of imaging is MRI, and the doctors don't really know too much about it, except for a small hand and select group of practitioners that learn that this is the scan of excellence, and in my case, since I have a, a research background, when I first made the observation that everybody had the same injury pattern on the spec scan of a decreased blood flow, I said, why don't I give them a medication that is specific to increase blood flow in the brain, and guess what? Everybody got better. So I have to read this line. This is amazing. Dr. Paul Wand, along with other private practitioners, have created ways to diagnose, treat, and reverse the symptoms of concussions. I didn't know that was possible. Wow. Well, the one way is by using this spec scan, prescribing a medication. Another way is, is administering the quantitative CG test, and that always shows abnormalities. We also have, within that test, we have two specialized sub-programs that analyzes for TBI. So traumatic brain injury, as we call it, TBI, we can do a discriminant analysis uh, and predict the percent of the probability as well as the severity. And we have another program where we can show how that injury changes over time with or without treatment. The QEG test also provides another form of treatment, which is called neurofeedback, which is not well known because it's not part of mainstream medicine. In fact, it's usually administered by either PhD doctors or other people that learn how to do it that are somewhere in the mental health um, the mental health category. Mm -hmm. So people go to people go to get that test done when they have behavioral problems, and uh, including children and AD. It works extremely well for ADHD because it retrains the brain. It's, biofeedback for the brain, which is very specific and very effective. So if you combine those two, plus hyperbaric oxygen, you get great results like I've gotten. Dr. Wand, uh, have all the NFL teams kicked in some dough to send you because you're pretty much going to save the NFL? Well, they don't know I exist, and I tried for years to try to break into it, and it's a closed club. So Really? Why, yeah. why don't they want to protect their players? Why don't they want to protect their, their brand? I mean, the NFL is going to go away if they don't do something about concussions. I think it's politics. I mean, you know, the NFL really, I mean, they've been very slow and reluctant to admit that there's a, you know, that there is this problem. And as you know, and everybody knows, there's this terrible lawsuit. You know, it's not really, not really finished. And, um, you know, I don't know where it's going to end up, but uh, they might be writing their own demise. But yeah. I'm happy to work with, you know, any of the doctors. And, uh, you know, but, you know, they have neurologists and orthopedists that are assigned to each team. And yep. that's it. Done deal. That's it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris, you I mean, that's been my experience. I did. Do you ever get yeah. a concussion? Oh, yeah. Yourself? Yeah, I, had a few, I played wide receiver and uh, the slant across the middle and the middle linebacker oh. that just light you up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. I lived that oh, a couple yeah. times where I got up and didn't even know where the sideline was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you think about, you know, you think about like the Brett Favre's the world. I mean, playing in the NFL for 10, 15 years mm -hmm. at a position where you're taking shots to the head. I mean, you know, I, I mean, when I played, I mean, I only took a few, fortunately. Right. But still, even those few, I, just, I remember exactly how long it took to recover from that. Oh, yeah. And you think about if you're playing football every single weekend, 
and taking shots like that, how do you recover? How do you, Dr. Juan? Do, can you recover? Do you recover? Or with your method now, can they recover? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote up a whole program uh, specifically uh, designed for NFL or, or any contact sport where if the concussed player is brought into the um, – Know, the locker room or the exam room, you know, on site, you do an EEG in 60 minutes, confirm and quantify the diagnosis, and the doctor there can, can prescribe medication. Patients can actually start taking medication on the spot, either get a spec scan or without it, have a hyperbaric chamber somewhere, you know, in the training facility, and there's no question that they can recover and much quicker. The amazing thing to me is that, that the NFL would not allow you to even come uh, and, and speak to them because the name is Mike Webster and, and Junior Seau pop up. These are people who killed themselves because of the severe concussion mm-hmm. problems they had. How long is the NFL going to be allowed to stand back and say, oh, this, this is not that? People are killing themselves over this. Well, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, and right. until they're hurting financially, I guess they're not going to do anything to rock the boat and change the program, right? I think it's just terrible, though. You have So you have proven that you can reverse the symptoms of concussions, and they just don't want to hear it. Well, I mean, to be honest, I haven't tried in recent times, but I don't see why they would change their attitude, you know? Yeah, well... I had comments made also, like, well, you know, you're a private practitioner, you know, you're not an academician, you know, why should we trust you what you say, you know? Well, if it works, it so, works. They're negative, they're negative. It's amazing. Uh, I find it fascinating. Cure for NFL concussion crisis. Uh, Dr. Wan, we'd like to stay in touch with you if we possibly could. I want to talk to you more about this, if that's all right. Sure. All right, Doctor, sure. th- thanks for your time today, sir. Yeah, thank uh, you. You're welcome. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Dr. Paul Wan, I, I, what kind of business model is that where, hey, you could keep our sport alive for many, many more, more decades or it could come to an end? Because young kids now, young guys, do not play football. I know. It's changed. I mean, you look at they the, don't. you know, you look at the, and this is a, sort of a publicly known thing, but you look at where the NFL spends dollars on advertising. Yeah. It's to young moms. Oh, yeah. That's where all the oh, money yeah. goes. That's a very good point. Yeah. They spend That's all their money point. there. All right, so basically we got the people, we've, we, we've come to understand that anything under under 500000 is hard, hard to find, mm-hmm. uh, that the people getting out of college now are probably not going to buy their first house till they're about 30, mm-hmm. right? That uh, the tax thing, the fact you can't write off your property taxes is really not going to have that much of an effect because there is a $10,000 cap, which most people's... Uh, most people's property taxes aren't much more than ten, twelve, thirteen thousand, are they? Yeah, they typically. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it'd have to be a pretty sizable house to be yeah. more than that. I think the the other thing that you mentioned about like you know having trouble finding houses under that five hundred thousand range is the MLS is becoming supplemental. I mean, you look at uh, social media. I mean, just the way that this podcast is posted and you look at the way that radios change, it's no different than real estate in the MLS. Yeah, yeah. Is that like now, you know, you have websites like, like crystalnall.com, which is far superior to a lot of the other technology out there. Mm-hmm. And it can be a source for listings that aren't even in the MLS yet. They could be getting their house ready for sale. Um, there's companies out there now with artificial intelligence where they can start to detect that, like, 
Tom's thinking about selling his house because he looked at this mortgage website or he took, he clicked on this button and then they can sell that data. It's exactly the the trouble that Facebook is going through right now with all of their data and and how they sell it and, and and what they do with it and the, the things that they have access to. And it's, it's, you know, the problem is, is when you're looking to buy a house and if you don't have a real estate agent or you have a real estate agent that just sets you up on MLS search and that's what you have. It's a reactive approach. You're waiting for listings to come to you, right. no different than anyone else. But there's strategies out there where you can have someone, a real estate agent or team that has a proactive approach where they're going to find listings that aren't in the MLS. Mm-hmm. So there's something attractive to a potential seller if they don't have to stage, they don't have to declutter, they could show right. the house in right. as is condition. And, and so we reach out and go, hey, we've got a buyer that's looking in this neighborhood. Would you be willing to sell your house if you didn't have to go through all these, you know, the staging, the declutter and everything yeah, else? Yeah. And we know that it's not in perfect showing condition. And and then that's a more proactive approach. And we're selling a lot of houses to our buyers that way now because there's sense. just not a lo- enough inventory on the MLS for right. all of the buyers that are set up on searches. So how do people reach out to you? Well, you can go to chrislandall.com, um, which is one of the most visited website, real estate websites in the country, or you can call us at 763-401-SOLD. Okay, so it's K-R-I-S-L-I-N-D-A-H-L.com. Yep, chrislandall.com. Or you can Google it. You can find a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, you can find a few things under Tom Bernard, yeah. too, I will tell you that. Bree, so the first time you met Chris, did you know he had several concussions? You could just tell. <laughs> she actually had to direct me how to get through the doorway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, go yeah, this yeah. way. All right, so basically, uh, you probably alleviated a lot of fears that, uh, yes, young people do what they do. They will live with their parents, but eventually they'll buy a house. The great news there is when they eventually buy that house, they'll actually be able to afford it. That's right. Rather than rushing out and taking on these mountains of debt to get through college loans and buy a house. I mean, my kids are very lucky because, Andy, you bought your first house when you were 25? Uh, well, if you're talking about the place that I'm in now, I've only been in that place four years, so 27. So you're 27. Alex bought her first house when she was 25, I think, uh, 26. So that's unusual these days. That is very unusual. And, and the challenge with waiting longer, too, is, is rates are rising, right? right. So yes. you might wait five years to right. see a 6 7 8% interest rate. So you actually lost yep. money because, you know, over 30 years, an interest rate yeah, is true. a big part of the payment. We will stay on top of this uh, uh, and talk to you more often about this because it, I think, like I said, you've alleviated a lot of fears. The college kids are doing the right thing by doing it their way. Uh, people who can afford the bigger houses are going to buy them anyway, so the tax thing's really not that big an effect. That's right. It's just uh, get your if you want to sell, get your house on the market, you want to buy, uh, you can find houses for people to buy. That's right. We can. And, and we have that, you don't have to move twice guarantee, right? So we, you have, if you list with the Chris Lindell team, you'll get top dollar for your house. Right. But then the best part is, is you won't have to move into, you know, your friend's house right, or your right. parents, grandparents or hotel. Cause that's the biggest fear. There's a lot of people that would sell right now if they knew where to go. But most people think that just waiting for the MLS listings to hit their email is mm-hmm. the only way to find houses. They don't know that there's other things out there. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard show.